You're in the water loop. Welcome to Waterloop, the podcast exploring solutions for sustainability and equity in water. I'm the host, Travis Loop. This is episode number 205, DC's Blue Plains, Tour of a World Leader. Blue Plains, located in Washington, D.C., holds the title of the world's largest advanced wastewater treatment plant. In this episode, join Miguel Miranda, a process engineer at DC Water, for an informative and technical tour of the facility. Treating about 380 million gallons daily, the plant is a testament to cutting-edge environmental engineering. Miguel delves into the advanced treatment processes, including nitrification and denitrification, essential for discharge into the Potomac River. He also sheds light on the plant's solid handling techniques, from initial screening and removal to thermal hydrolysis and digestion, effectively converting waste into energy and biosolids for beneficial use. You're in the water loop. The process of taking wastewater, sewage, and cleaning it and putting it back in the environment is one of the most amazing processes. For this episode, I'm going to take you inside how that happens from start to finish and each step along the way. For this tour, we're visiting Blue Plains. It's the largest advanced wastewater treatment facility in the world. It's run by DC Water here in Washington, DC. We're gonna go around and see how they clean that water and some of the more advanced, innovative processes that they have. What blows me away is they treat on average 370 million gallons a day. They have the capacity to go up to 1 billion gallons. Really excited to take this tour of Blue Plains. DC Water Blue Plains is an advanced wastewater treatment plant, one of the largest in the world. It treats 375 million gallons per day, enough to fill the RFK Stadium. Wastewater comes to Blue Plains through 1,800 miles of sewers all across the region. A series of screens removes objects and large particles. The grit chamber removes rocks and other non-degradable materials. The wastewater then flows to the next stage of treatment. Let's learn more from our tour guide, Miguel Miranda, a process engineer at DC Water. All right, so we are in the first stop of our wastewater treatment train. This is our headworks facility, also known as our physical separation uh, mechanics. We he, uh, Here we are removing a lot of the inorganic material, a lot of those uh, tree branches, plastic bags, potato chip bags that end up going into the wastewater. Because we can't treat it with any biology later on, we have to remove it here. We have a lot of screens that remove a lot of that uh, inorganic material, and then we send all that inorganic material out to an incineration facility to be treated. We end up getting a lot of material in our wastewater. It can range from like Keurig cups to corn, leaves, a lot of food, uh, a lot of what a lot of people do is send food down the food processor and just chop them up thinking, oh yeah, it'll be fine. I can just throw it down into the sewers. So we do end up with a lot of that here. Candy wrappers, oh, shampoo cover. It just flushed it down thinking it was fine. If the toilet's big enough, it'll end up down here. So a lot of the rock, sand, grit, and all that material, sometimes uh, rags that can mighty slip through like the six millimeter opening on those screens, all of that gets goes through the area to grit chamber. And what happens is that we add air in a circular uh, fashion 
And that does two things. One, it reduces the specific gravity of the water, making it everything inside of it even heavier in comparison, so it settles out. Also, the circular motion helps push things out to the outer wall, where it can then settle in and be brought up with our pumps. As you can imagine, the wastewater treatment plant, it smells, it has a lot of odors. Uh, we are right here at the aerated grit chamber, and because we add air in order to try and help uh, remove the material, it also becomes one of the odorous locations here on site. So we have all of our tanks covered, and air is then suctioned in and siphoned through our odor, our, uh, odor scrubbers. We add a combination of like water droplet sprays and chemicals, depending on the time of the year, in order to treat a lot of that uh, material. Um, so the main component of that is odorous in the wastewater treatment plant is hydrogen sulfide. And that is very corrosive and very toxic chemical when it comes to like a, at a certain quantity. So we take that very seriously here and that's why everything is covered and we um, make sure our odor scrubbers are always operational. So when it comes to reducing odors, we trap it before it becomes a problem and we treat it immediately. So from right here to right over there. Primary treatment is a physical process that takes place in a cone-shaped tank. Solid particles settle out and fall to the bottom while the wastewater flows outward over a set of weirs. An arm skims the fats, oils, and grease off the top while the solids settle to the bottom. This material is sent to landfills while the solids are treated for reuse. Secondary treatment is a biological process that uses microbes to treat organic material. Let's hear the details from Miguel. So after we get all of that inorganic material, all those plastics, rocks, sand, and grit, we then go into our primary settlers. The point behind the primary settlers is to help remove a lot of the insoluble material that still remains in the wastewater. So that includes in, uh, insoluble organic material, any uh, other rads and any other kind of inorganics that may have slipped through the he our head of the plant. All of that gets settled here. We use a combination of ferric fluoride and uh, polymer in order to help coagulate and flocculate the material here to make it easier to remove. This is also where we uh, primarily remove our phosphorus, one of our major nutrients from the water. That ferric chloride um, is injected into the wastewater stream as it goes into the primary clarifiers and it binds with the phosphorus in order to create a particulate. That particulate then settles out of the water and then we're able to remove it with our sludge. After primary treatment, the water then flows to secondary treatment. This is our first biological treatment uh, step in our whole wastewater treatment train. So you can see behind me, there is just a complete, a complete difference in color between what we last saw and now. The water here is completely saturated with heterotrophic bacteria, the bacteria that consumes the soluble organic material among other uh, elements. It, the reason why it is that color is because of the ferric that we saw in the previous step. Um, the biology here is consuming all of that and the ferric has that rust color. That's why it kind of looks like chocolate milk. And so what happens here, um, the biology consumes the organic material and consumes the oxygen that we provide to it as it goes throughout its uh, serpentine tank path. And then after this, it then settles out and then we're able to have the treated flow continue on to the next process as we collect the sludge at the bottom and then either return it back into the tanks or waste them over to our solids treatment train. The younger set of biology are a lot quicker at doing their job, but they are not really quite as experienced. They don't know really quite as much as what they're doing versus the older set, which has the experience, but are a little bit slower. So we keep a certain portion of the biology in the reactor. We return it back into the reactor in order to have that balance 
of speed and efficiency, while the other set of uh, bacteria then gets sent off to our solids treatment train in order to be treated. Many wastewater treatment plants stop treatment here, but Blue Plains discharges to the Potomac River, a tributary to the Chesapeake Bay, and under permits, nitrogen must be further removed to protect the watershed. Nitrification, denitrification, filtration, and disinfection establish Blue Plains as an advanced wastewater treatment facility. Plus, Blue Plains uses a special Animox treatment technology to reduce high-strength ammonia levels through anaerobic digestion. Let's dive deep into the science with Miguel. So these groups of biology is a little bit different than the previous group of biology that we saw. Those are heterotrophic bacteria. These are nitrobacter and nitrobosum. Those are the ones that are doing the nutrient removal, the nitrification removal. These reactors specifically behind me are doing the nitrification portion of the nitrification denitrification uh, reaction. The denitrification reactors are uh, further down along in the plant. So these, what they do is that they convert uh, ammonia and other complex nitrogen compounds into nitrate, NO2. Um, so we feed it air and it comes and it slowly converts it. It's a group of biology called uh, AOBs, uh, anima, uh, ammonia oxidizing bacteria. And they need a specific aquatic chemistry in order to do what they need to do. These group of bacteria, though efficient in what they are, they're not the strongest group of bacteria out there. So this is why this particular reactor has a lot more probes, a lot more monitoring and a lot more segmentation on it in order to make sure that the aquatic chemistry is just right for them. Once we've concentrated both the biological stuff and the grittier primary sludge, we put it into a blend tank and then it goes through the Canby system. It goes through heating, pressure, uh, uh, instant release of that pressure to help with the disinfection. It goes through the anaerobic digestion, and then it goes into uh, belt filter presses before it gets squeezed out and becomes that uh, bloom product that you've probably heard about. And then, but then what happens to that liquid side of it? All that liquid that gets pressed out then comes to this facility, the filtrate treatment facility, in order to be treated. Now, the big thing about that filtrate, there's a belt filter press filtrate, um, is the concentration of ammonia. It is in the thousands versus what comes into the plant is like 40 to 60, depending on the day. So it's hundreds of times higher in concentration. So that level of concentration can't just go back into the main process because it's going to thicken the biology or the bacteria in secondary, in nitrification. So that's why we have a very special kind of biology called animus that can handle that higher concentration. So it consumes from the 1,000-ish concentration down to the hundreds. It makes it a lot closer to normal um, influent ammonia levels. So this stage in the process here, uh, continuing to treat the water, what's happening here? The biology here after denitrification, it goes into another set of sedimentation tanks, and we're able to settle out the biology from there, where then the treated flow continues on to the next process. Okay. But then all of the uh, settled uh, material, all the settled uh, bacteria, um, either, again, goes back into the reactor or goes to uh, solids for treatment. So a similar concept to what I was saying before, we have a older set of bacteria and a younger set of bacteria all rewinding back into the biological reactors. Yeah. Um, the key thing that I do want to mention with denitrification specifically is that what, do we, what does any living creature need in order to survive, right? Air. Air, water, food, right? So they live in water, so they're all set with that. We provide the oxygen with our blowers and then the food. 
theoretically, almost all of the carbon has already been consumed by secondary. And whatever left was consumed by nitrification. So when it comes to denitrification, there is nothing left. So we provide the food by adding a chemical known as methanol. And we add it in a very specific quantity so that we treat just enough in order to try and get as close to zero on our um, NO3 or nitrate as possible. And that's how, and that's something that we call like backfeeding, uh, back calculating, uh, ammonia, uh, sorry, uh, methanol feed with that. So we provide the food, we provide the water, and then the oxygen, and this is kind of like the ingenious part of the nitrification denitrification process. So where in the previous one, we provided air through our blowers, the oxygen actually comes from the chemical itself. The same nutrients that they consume also provide the oxygen. So what happens in denitrification is that the bacteria rips off the oxygen molecules from the NO3 and consumes that. And then the remaining um, nitrogen ions then combine together to become nitrogen gas and then just goes off into the atmosphere. The treated flow is filtered through sand and anthracite in the world's largest wastewater filtration facility. The flow is disinfected with chlorination and the residual chlorine is removed before discharge into the Potomac River. After the sedimentation basins, the water then goes through an equalization basin and then goes up to these uh, multimedia filters. Before the multimedia filters, we add chlorine in order to disinfect. After the sedimentation basins, we add sodium bisulfite in order to disinfect, in order to keep our multimedia filters nice and clean and free of bacteria. Remembering that what's most important is that we provide as close to perfect river quality as possible before it goes out into the Potomac. All right, so we are at the end of the line. So at this point, uh, we are in our outfall building, and this is where we monitor all of the chemical constituents and all the aquatic chemistry to make sure that whatever goes out into the river is as clean as pristine and close to river quality as possible. Again, the point of what we're trying to do here is not only treat the wastewater, but to help the improve the life of the Potomac River. So here I have two sample cups. One of them is our effluent and one is our uh, is tap water. So if you were to look at them, there really isn't much of a difference. And this is kind of proves the point of like how good of a job that we do here, not to like my own horn or anything, but I'm pretty proud of what we do here. We do from what we first saw to where we are now is a significant improvement. And just to kind of also emphasize, like the work that a wastewater treatment plant can do is significant. Like a lot of people find wastewater treatment to be gross and disgusting, and to some point it is, but the end product really isn't that at all. Like you can't tell the difference. And I would think that this is a lot cleaner than most lakes that people jump into. I can't tell the difference in like clarity really or anything. Was this the one that was the effluent? The one that was in your right? Are we taking bets? Because <laughs> if we are, you lost. I lost. This was it. That's effluent. Okay. This was like my point in the beginning mm -hmm. is if people think about a sewer, right? And their toilets and what's traveling through all that, mm -hmm. right? And what comes into this place. 370 million gallons of that every day. And look at what they do to it, right? This is unbelievable that we can clean water this well. Not just how it looks, but if you do the chemistry and, and mm -hmm. test this water, right? And it's going back into, that, into the river and doing a good thing for the environment because they've cleaned it that well.
just, it's amazing. In the treatment process, solids are removed from process tanks and the liquid moves forward. At DC Water, the solids go through thermal hydrolysis, which uses high heat and pressure to eliminate pathogens and prepare the material for hungry microbes in the digesters. The digesters produced methane and biosolids. Miguel is gonna show us these last steps. All right, so we are on the last step of our solid treatment train. So right here, we are at our belt filter press. After the sludge has been processed through the thermal hydrolysis, anaerobic digestion, it then goes to the belt filter press in order to be, uh, in order to separate the liquid from the solid. We press to about 30% solids in order to create a cake that can be used for our bloom product. That bloom product can be used for a fertilizer. It's actually a rather potent one. The vast and complex operations of DC water are supervised and managed from the control room at Blue Plains. Miguel is gonna take us inside and recap how the treatment here works. All right, so now we are at the brains of the operations. So DC Water, as mentioned before, is a giant facility. We have over 40,000 assets, pumps, valves, actuators, so on and so forth, right? And each one of those uh, assets have different points, alarms, signals that branch out and alert us, the operational staff, of what's going on in that massive field. Uh, so all of that networking, all of that uh, uh, communication goes through this building and goes through this room in order for our general foreman, the uh, captain of the ship, to be able to operate and uh, communicate with this crew whenever issues pop up and be able to make sure that everything operates as it's supposed to. The giant screens that you see behind me are kind of his uh, overview of the plant. We have the liquid side on the left and we have the solid sides on the right, each giving us the goes and no-goes of all the different pieces of equipment. One drop of water, when it first enters the water, wastewater treatment plant, it goes to the headworks, removing all the inorganic materials. Then it goes through solids, settling out a lot of that gritty material. Then it goes through secondary, our first biological process, removing all of the soluble organic material. Then we have our nitrification, denitrification, removing the nutrients. We then finish it off with our multi uh, multimedia filters and then disinfect before it goes out to the river, all in 26 hours. Despite having worked in water for 15 years or so, I am always amazed when I get to come out to one of these facilities and see how they treat water, how they clean water. They take that sewage, that wastewater, and put it through a process that makes it so clean it can go back to our environment. I really encourage people to contact their local utility, see if you can get on a tour and see this firsthand. It'll amaze you. It'll give you a whole new appreciation for what utilities like DC Water do. Thank you for listening to the podcast. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.